Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And thank you for joining us. Today we're going to talk a little bit about business. For all you business owners out there, entrepreneurs, people who go to the grind and put in 40, 50, 60 hours a week, there's one thing that I know that you do not enjoy doing, and that's having to deal with paperwork and HR. At least I know as an entrepreneur and business owner, that's one of the things I don't like to do. But we all know the importance of having good HR that can either make or break a company. Today our guest is Albert Martinez. Albert has a company called Solve HR and is out of San Antonio, Texas. Albert, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Albert, HR, you actually, uh, there's another word for it in the industry, it's called PEO. What, is, what does that mean? The acronym PEO stands for Professional Employer Organization. And um, your particular company, I know, and is very similar to a lot of companies out there, what type of services does an operation like yours actually provide? The, um, our industry is known for the, uh, the following core services uh, that we provide to small, medium to large businesses. Um, those services are the, uh, uh, the benefits administration, the uh, workers' comp administration, the HR management, uh, and the, um, um, as long as payroll administration. Now, all these are elements that are essential for a business to be successful. So I know as a, one of the companies I used to own, I had about 110 employees, and just the paperwork with dealing with all that was just driving me crazy. But I think it's important for the listeners to know that the HR aspects are important because that can make or break a business, correct? That's, that's very true. What are some of the things that you see in the industry that um, cause a business to go under or so, something that's real simple that they don't do that has a very adverse effect on them? Um, we've been doing this since, uh, since 2000. Um, myself, I've been doing this since 1993. So in my experience, the way I see an HR impact a, a small or medium sized company is when someone goes into business, whatever the product or services that that they're going to deliver, um, they they they, they kind of overlook the back office aspect of it, which is the the human capital management. Um, I've seen companies getting get uh, in dire straight situations because of compliance issues. Um, depending on which state you're in, it varies. So, but but typically is you know when when you decide to go into business one of the first things that uh, an entrepreneur or business owner has to accept is the well-being of his capital with human capital in this case uh, and by well-being is you have to create an environment that's suitable and productive and safe for employees a lot of entrepreneurs start their businesses not taking that into consideration okay. Now, you said the different states have different issues. For Let's just say for the purposes of this episode, uh, let's kind of focus in on Texas issues. So in, in Texas, I know that a lot of rules and regulations, and one of the things that um, I see, even simple stuff, like 
posting their proper notifications in the break room of minimum wage and stuff. I mean, is that an important thing to have? I know I see a lot of people go into a lot of businesses that don't have that. I see some that do. What's what's the importance of having those type of posters up? I mean, are they necessary to, to have up or not? Yes. Uh, uh, yes, they are. Uh, fortunately for for business owners, it's a, a must-have because it it uh, it notifies every employee that they hire. Uh, it tells them about the uh, what their rights are in regards to uh, labor laws. So um, there's so much government regulatory, especially you know, especially in the United States, that protects mainly the employee but also the employer. So those posters those posters are crucial to communicate the the. Uh, the baseline information on what the employees' rights have. Yeah, okay, I, I can understand that, Albert. Let's say you have a company, though, with five or six people. I mean, we're not talking 150, 200, 300 folks. I mean, everybody knows what minimum wage is. I don't think anybody's working for under minimum wage, but yet that's one of the posters that needs to be up. Um, some of these other things, I understand about employees understanding their rights, but what you, what I hear you saying are you telling me that it doesn't matter what size the company is that you're required by law to have those posters up? That's correct. Yes. Um, once you hire one employee, you can be a company that has one employee or 100 employees or 1,000 employees. The, uh, uh, the, the liability that you have for that one employee is the same for the 100 or 1,000. Uh, that one employee... Uh, you have to treat that employee, uh, you, you have to provide that employee a safe working environment. Uh, that employee has rights in regarding to uh, into the Texas labor laws or federal labor laws. Uh, you can't, for example, you can't just have an employee do something that, that will bring harm to, uh, to them. Uh, you know, if you do, then you could fall under some kind of litigation for negligence. So it, Regardless of whether it's just that one employee or 100 employees, the greater that number increases north of one, the greater your exposure increases. So as an employer, it's important for you to be aware of what it is to stay in compliance. Um, and that's where I think our industry, the PEO industry, brings the most value. So a company such as yours, a, a PEO, can actually take care of all these needs for a small company, no matter what their size, correct? That's correct. So I'm a business owner. I have six employees. I make widgets. I'm a good widget maker, but I do not like paperwork. I do not like reading regulations. I do not like filling out paperwork and dealing with taxes. Is your company or companies like yours, is that something that can meet that need? Absolutely. Turnkey. Uh, yes, yes. And we can meet that need across the various services that we provide. Uh, let's say, for example, the most simplest term is, you know, payroll processing. We uh, were able to administer your uh, your payroll your payroll needs, uh, regardless of what your payroll cycle is. Uh, and then looking deeper into the payroll administration, you know, we uh, as a PEO, uh, the IRS looks at us uh, that as one employer. So as we as we enroll clients under our umbrella, so to speak, uh, the the IRS sees us that every one of these employers or clients falls under our FEIN number, 
in regards to payroll administration, payroll taxes administration. So from a small employer is whether you have one employee or 100 employees is we we take the burden of the payroll tax filings in regards to the 941, the 940s in Texas is the uh, the unemployment reports. Uh, so we do provide a, a core mm -hmm. of services. Now, as you grow your business, as, as you grow your workforce, now you have to uh, now you have to see, okay, how do you retain that talent? And by retaining that talent is you have to offer them benefits. Uh, and that's where we come in, where we help. We, uh, we, we take a, uh, uh, a small client to a business client and we can place them in a, uh, in a policy that suits them the best. Uh, same thing with workers' comp. Once you have one employee or five employees is you want to protect yourself as the employer, but also protect the employee in case there's an accident. Uh, uh, so the list, so the core services we provide are in the form of HR management, workers' comp management, payroll administration, and uh, I believe the last one was benefits. And uh, I was looking at your website, you do risk management as well. Yes, sir. That falls under the workers' comp. Workers' comp. Albert, with the world of COVID, I mean, it's a litigious society. One of the things that I'm worried about as a small business owner, how liable are small business owners going to be in this world of COVID? I mean, is there any exposure there for their, their employees to come back and, and file suit for not providing a uh, quote-unquote safe work environment? Um, that's a good question, JR. Uh, currently, it really determines state by state. Uh, I, th I believe in Texas, in regards to workers' comp, uh, whether an employee is able to file a work complaint, uh, it's still, uh, it still hasn't been determined. What, what I've seen in the other states is they're accepting worker comp claims, or rather a COVID as a worker comp claim, only if it's a, like a first responder. For a non-first responder, then it's still uh, uh, not determined yet. So the exposure liability is really unknown at this point. So it's kind of up in the air and we're just not sure what's going to happen and it would be state by state maybe make those yes, determinations sir. the regulation yes now currently um solve hr your company is in what 47 states across the country 48 yeah, approximately 47 48 states kind of a headache isn't it i mean if you have to keep up with the regulations of each state you know as you would think so as you know if you're an employer and you take on a responsibility, a single employer, yes, it would be. But uh, that's what we do. That's our expertise. Uh, you know, we're fully staffed with talent that um, that is knowledgeable about each state's regulations. Uh, so we're able to uh, convey that that uh, that information, that data to our clients. That's one of the uh, I think. Uh, one of the aspects of our business that we're, we're really, that we bring value to our client. Now, your company is based out of San Antonio, but originally, uh, Albert, you're from where? Low Rio Grande Valley in Texas? Yes, a small town uh, called Mission, Texas. Mission, Texas. I know it well. 
So from Mission, Texas, you went to where? Where did you go to school at? Went to a school at a small university called Pan American in Edinburgh, Texas. Which know is, the, uh, there you go, Pan American. Uh, <laughs> go Broncos. From, uh, exactly, yes, yes. So yes. curiosity here, what did you major in? Finance. Finance, okay. I can understand that. I'm just trying to get wrap my head around the interest. And, and everybody works differently. I know that. But what caused you to get interested in starting an HR company? Um, I first got exposed to the industry, the PO industry, back in 19, uh, I think it was 1993. It's, it's been a while. I was working for a, a gentleman who, uh, who owned a couple of franchise brands. One of the, uh, one of the challenges he was having was at maintaining, administrating the, uh, the employee policies for each one of these franchises in, in various states. So he took a quote in from a PEO. Uh, at the time, I had no idea what a PEO was or what they did. But when he took the quote, is we, in the accounting department looked at it and we, you know, we couldn't make heads, heads or tails as far as what the industry or the service was actually was. You know, they, they touched about payroll, benefits, workers comp, you know, employee administration. And we thought, well, we do that already. So why do we need that industry? So that, that was the first time I got exposed. We decided not to go with the quote. Uh, then uh, years later, I left that company. And lo and behold, I one of the jobs I interviewed was a PEO. So mm-hmm. it surfaced again for a second time around. This time around, I, uh, I kind of thought, okay, you know, what exactly do I want to do with this company as far as my future? And so the more I looked at it, it really intrigued me because here's a company, a PEO, that provided sort of like these multiple departments to small to medium companies. And I thought some of the reasons why small companies were failing was because they were so focused on the paperwork, the daily administration, uh, that they lost focus on why they went into business. Understandable. Uh, Like I said, I think one of the things that I recognize as entrepreneurs, whether it's widgets or their draftsmen or, or CPAs or, or own a taco truck, whatever it is, you know, whatever your skill is, you enjoy doing that. I'm a believer that that money should be a byproduct of doing what you enjoy doing, but federal paperwork and taxes and payroll, that is something that I do not like. And I know there's people out there like you and, and your team that love doing that type of stuff and make a, a living at it. But I could see where a small company could have a great advantage of hiring a company such as yours. So turnkey, so if, if we have some somebody out there that owns a small company and is dealing with employees or worried about payroll or meeting all the taxes and the tax deadlines are moving because of COVID and because of winter storms here in Texas, um, they can just basically turn it over to you and go, help me out here. Well, that's good to know. And Albert, I don't want to necessarily get into your pricing or anything, but how expensive is a service like this for a small business? It's attainable. I mean, you know, if it wasn't, then, you know, there wouldn't be such an industry, but uh, it, it really is. Uh, when you look at the actual cost breakdown on whether to, for a small employer, especially starting off, you know, uh, whether you, you want to take on that responsibility, that liability, that means that you really have to hire an HR manager. You, you have to hire a, uh, you know, a payroll manager and then have to also employ you know, someone with benefits of background. 
So when you look at the cost shift between hiring an internal department or just outsourcing it, outsourcing becomes a much better value. Um, there's a huge, there's a huge growth and movement with outsourcing, uh, especially now with COVID. Uh, so now more than ever, I think companies like us, PEO, you know, we're able to save quite a bit, not only on the hiring of an employee, but also on the uh, bottom line for a small business. Well, I can see your point because if you're a growing company and you have that need, you hire an HR person who knows all the rules, then they share all those rules with everybody else, and you got a bigger problem on your hands in the beginning. I mean, it's, it's, it just kind of mushrooms out. It's kind of like, and then plus you got to pay that person and make sure all their, their HR needs are met and all their payroll. Okay, it makes sense. Outsourcing. Got it. So I guess that's one of the reasons your, your company is so big. I mean, 47, 48 states, that's impressive, Valerie. Now, this isn't your first business. I mean, you're an entrepreneur, aren't you? That's what you've been called. What are some, out of curiosity, if you don't mind sharing, what are some of the other businesses that you own or have owned? Um, I, I've, uh, in the past year, I ventured, I've, I've tried my hand in logistics company, a, uh, a warehouse company, also tried my hand as far as a, a roasting coffee, a roaster. So, um, <laughs> Those are the ones that come to mind. Okay. So. Now, I, I'm, I'm curious the way you worded it. I've tried my hand at. Does that mean they weren't <laughs> yes. successful or they're still on, or some of them still ongoing concerns? Uh, no, they weren't as successful as I needed them to be. So, um, and a big part was because I, I think the, the passion wasn't there. Um, I think a big part of uh, being an entrepreneur is, you know, it's a trial and error really is, um, uh, you know, now there's so many books and so many uh, information on the Internet that, you know, kind of tells you on how to narrow down your, uh, say, the business or the uh, you're going to venture. Right. But it really in the most simplest form is um, if if you find what you're passionate in, regardless of what it is, and then see how if there's such a. And then take that passion and then determine if there's a business around that passion. Uh, if there is, then it, the, the likelihood of success is far much greater. So, in other words, monetizing what you enjoy doing. And you enjoy doing payroll and HR and paperwork and all that other stuff. No, actually, I, I, I enjoy helping small businesses. Um, I, th that's really what, what drives my passion. Uh, the, uh, what we do, the services, is just the core on and allows me to help but i i enjoy helping small to mid-sized businesses okay so your passion is to help businesses and uh, i also know you have a, an extreme passion for helping other latino-owned businesses correct absolutely so yes. you hire a team of people how many how many people do you have if you don't mind me asking how many people do you have working for you or within the scope of um, solve hr North of fifty is the okay, last North count of fifty. Are some of those contract labor, or are they all employees? There's a mixture. There's a mixture of both. Of so us. okay, I'm doing the math here in my head. So you got north of fifty. You have forty-seven states. I'm not even going to try to calculate what kind of payroll that you're actually doing. So it could be a very mm -hmm. lucrative business then. And you're you're enjoying what you're um, you're enjoying what you do, which is a plus. Like I said earlier, I've always believed that. Money should be a byproduct of doing what you enjoy doing. So, Albert, I have to ask, where to from here? Are you going to continue growing this? Or are you going to be looking at starting another 
business or, or what's what's in the the cards for Albert Martinez? No, we're actually. It's um, a good question, Jr. Uh, so my my goal is to really grow this business to the next level. I I just see the um, the potential and the uh, the need for our industry. Uh, so we uh, internally we've uh, we've really we've really allocated funds to uh, improve our technology. Uh, we've hired some really great individuals that are have brought a lot of knowledge. So um, our goal is to grow the business. As you grow your business, you're constantly learning. And I imagine things are constantly changing, especially in this current environment. Albert, what are some of the top reasons people go out of business? Um, top reasons, in my experience, have been they, they failed to, uh, one is, uh, besides the fact that they've, they've gone into a business that, um, that the product or services that they're going to sell, that there's not a, a need for it. Besides that, the uh, some of the reasons that I've seen why businesses go uh, have a struggle maintaining is because they're failure to take care of the back office. Um, I've seen businesses go because they get into some kind of issue of a, uh, of a compliance issue as an employee in regards to an EOC claim. The lawsuit's huge. That kind of takes out the company. So. Uh, and that's where we come in. That's where I feel that that we can help those business owners and to stay compliant. Don't worry about the uh, the back office so much. Focus on the product and services, and um, we're able to uh, to alleviate that burden. So by alleviating that burden for them, it leaves them free to be to do what they enjoy doing. So if you had some advice to give a young entrepreneur out there who was about to start a business or even one that was established, what would be your top two or three suggestions or bits of advice that you could give somebody to make sure they have a successful business? My, uh, I guess the top three recommendation would be is um, if, you're, if you're an entrepreneur that's just starting a business, or you're in, you're uh, um, you're thinking about starting a business, then I'd recommend that they would fully understand and research the market they're going into, understand who the players are, how they plan to fit into that market, and if there's a need for that market for that product and services that they're going to enter. Secondly, is once you determine that there is a, a market for the product or service that um, um, that you're going to sell is is manage your finances. Uh, know what it's going to cost to deliver that product and service. Know what your break even what your break even point is. Uh, plan for the next six to uh, three years in advance. Know exactly how you're going to scale that business from day one. Um, I think lastly, also too is is if you um, it's important that you find someone that within that industry that can mentor you. Uh, Learn from their mistakes. Learn from their successes, opposed to uh, you know trying to do it on your own. Now, these are some good tips, and if you look at them face value, it's just like common sense. But how many people? How many people out there actually start businesses, invest a lot of money, time, and effort without even having a basic business plan? That that's very true, and and I think it's it's because. 
they, they get so excited about the product or service about starting the business that they start focusing on on the little things that uh, though they're important but not as important like like creating the logo creating the uh, you know the core values you know focusing on the website that though they're important but they really should be they don't spend enough time focusing on the um, on the top three you know understand the, the, the market understand the finance talk to uh, or, or build a network within that industry now, I know trying to spend on the, the the basics, the nuts and bolts of the of the uh, of the industry, as opposed to focusing on the sales and the marketing and the the fun stuff, the fun stuff. Yes, exactly. When I was looking at your website, I couldn't help but notice you have a comment in there, a statement that says "hassle free HR." So hassle free, uh, gosh, I mean, hassle free HR to me is kind of an oxymoron, but you know, people do what they enjoy doing. The services that you provide, I can see, are very, very essential and very important to people. But Albert, you have a lot of folks out there that start businesses that English is a second language. They're they're here, they're working, they're starting businesses, they're doing everything, but sometimes they don't understand all the rules and regulations, just like anybody doesn't understand all the rules and regulations of, of owning and starting and growing a business. So do you provide information in Spanish as well? Yes, we do. That's a... Uh... <clears throat> That's a um, that's a great topic. Uh, which one that that about two years ago we uh, myself and a company we got involved in a uh, an initiative that is being uh, sponsored by Stanford University. It's called the uh, Latino Business Action Network. The goal of that initiative is to educate the Latino entrepreneur, and through that initiative last year we discovered that there is a need uh, for our product and services to the uh, Latino entrepreneurs that hasn't been there for a while and and uh, or at all so what we've done is started an initiative to uh, to push our products and services to that market and in the form that they understand it so we being Hispanic and Latino we used to speak to them and in, in a language that maybe or maybe they didn't understand, but now we're we're kind of going in. We, we we took a step back and say, okay, you know, let's let's communicate in the language that they understand that they feel comfortable. So we started that initiative about two years ago, and I think we're we're really excited about That's it. It's been helpful to you. I imagine it's actually grown your business as well. Um, it's really uh, it's grown our business. In, in the form that uh, we're, we're able now to really communicate what we do, our products, our services, but really educate the uh, a young Latino entrepreneur community. And, uh, and I think that's a great, it's a win-win situation. With that win-win, I also recognize the fact that a lot of um, small businesses uh, and Latino businesses are family-owned. Yes, sir. So you're talking, you're talking HR, <laughs> dealing with HR stuff within family. I mean, familia. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, where, how, to me, there seems like some lines that need to be defined, or mm-hmm. or the lines become blurred. I mean, that's that's my cousin, that's my brother. You know, I need him to do this. Well, that's against HR policy. But I'm like, yeah, what the heck, HR policy? That's my hermano, man. Go do it, man. Uh-huh. I mean, what what. I mean, these are real issues that people have to deal with, though, aren't they? Yes, uh, we do have. Uh, you know, yes, there is that aspect of 
that community where they uh, they're, they're small and they've been small for a while. Uh, so what we try to do is basically educate them in. Uh, in order to scale your business, you have to look down the, the horizon. And by looking down the horizon is you're going to have to expand your human capital and, and hire accordingly. Uh, and, and that might be beyond the family. So uh, though we really haven't come across that issue quite a bit. We know that eventually, like our community, you're right, you know, we like to hire family. And uh, it's hard to uh, grow beyond that. And as far as a lot of the upstarts within the Latino community, I know that they are family businesses or small businesses amongst Latinas. I mean, I think, well, first of all, the last time I looked, Hispanic-owned businesses were growing about three times faster than any other market segment out there. As far as Latina-owned businesses, they're growing like six, seven times faster. The thing that I haven't seen yet is the attrition rate of some of these business and their success. But as far as Latinos, the... uh, the population growing, more and more entrepreneurial. Uh, it's a growing market, and it's a very real market. But I can see where a company like yours, uh, Albert, could be a big asset and benefit to these companies because there's just a lot of rules out there. I mean, like I said, I'm an entrepreneur. I've owned multiple businesses. I'm well-educated. But yeah, God, I hate the paperwork. I just hate dealing with that. So a company like yours would just take a lot off off a of plate. Uh, it, I can see where a company like yours could take a lot off of somebody's plate. Uh, before we go, Albert, do you have any um, any closing suggestions or or uh, how can people reach you? I mean, I know you have your website. What's your website address? And I'll make sure this is in the in the notes on the um, on the podcast notes as well. Yes, I, I think the uh, right now the best form to explore the possibilities of them outsourcing their administration to us is to go to onto our website at solvehr.com. Solvehr.com. And do you have a place where they can maybe ask an occasional question or two just to try to get some clarification without having to hire your firm? Absolutely. There's a uh, there's a section on the website uh, to contact us. Um, and through that that medium, they can ask questions. They can reach out to us, and we'll we'll let, we'll have somebody qualified to give them a call or respond to them in a timely manner. Okay, I can see that's a great benefit because there's a lot of folks that have a simple question. They may have a need for you, not realize it yet, or they just need a question answered from a source that they can depend on. Well, Albert, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for being here. I hope we can do this again. And what I'd like to do is, if it's okay with you, is maybe at a later date have you or some of your people come on to the show to talk about other issues because we're talking about people, businesses, issues of the day. And as things occur, I'm sure we're going to have some questions and we'd love to uh, love to have you back. Thank you, JR. It, it, it's, it's my pleasure to sit down with you and, and really talk about the uh, not only what we do, but uh, what we can do for, uh, for the Latino community. Um, and, and we, uh, we we look forward to coming back, absolutely. Well, great. And I know, um, Albert, your, my research and what I've been told by some of your people, I know that you're kind of um, shy about talking about your success and everything you do for the community, but I know that you do a lot. Albert Martinez, entrepreneur, business owner, and a person who's driven. You're driven for success, and you have a passion to help other people. I admire that. I want to thank you for that. But I also would like you to tell us before you go, what drives you? I mean, if somebody wants to be successful, whether it be in business, in life, or or whatever they choose, I know there's that core thing, that, that fire in your belly. 
what gives you that fire? What can you share with some other people that will hopefully maybe inspire them to go on and move forward for success? I think, uh, I, I think what really inspires me and, and if I could leave something behind as far as the, uh, what I'd recommend is be passionate with the, uh, the product or service that you decide to go to business with. Because I think if you're passionate about your product and services, I think the revenue comes after automatically. Um, don't focus on the revenue. Yes, uh, you know, know the numbers, but be passionate about the product and service. And I guess the best way to focus on your passion instead of the details is to hire your HR firm to do all the work for you, right? That'll definitely help them stay focused. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, Albert, Albert Martinez, uh, the president and CEO of uh, Solve HR from the Lower Rio Grande Valley of Mission, Texas, and a graduate from the Broncos Pan Am University. Albert, thank you for being here, folks. If you like this episode, go ahead and hit like, follow us. There'll be more to come. And you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. Produced by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican American Chambers of Commerce.